Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Middle of the Row, the podcast. This is our fourth episode in a row of Middle of the Row, the podcast, after our genre-rama diversion, and we will be doing four more after this as we do some flashbacks in the new year to 2011 and 2001. Then we'll do another genre-rama is the plan after that with the theme Love Story. Today, we are here to discuss the latest from Disney Pixar. No, Zach, why are you calling it Disney Pixar? The latest from Pixar. I got mad at people for calling it Disney Pixar. I mean, the poster says Disney Pixar. Well, that's because Disney's trying to cramp it. Disney has the... I mean, it's a Disney movie. No, it is a Pixar movie. But this is not a Disney Pixar movie. You call... Okay, so we're going to start calling all the Marvel movies. It's a Disney movie. I mean, it's technically it is. I'm just, Zach. I know, but that's not what we There's a distinct difference the between a Disney Pixar movie and a Pixar movie. The only reason I said it is because I know it gets movie. under your skin. I know, like, that was, it was just to rile you up. Like, I took a drink so. of my bubble water. Oh, no, this is a Disney <laughs> No, Wait, it on. is a Pixar movie. <laughs> Disney has their name on it. It is not a Disney that's what, animation. That's what John was saying. Film. So what Pixar. you're saying is we should not call Mass Effect an EA game. You should call it a Bioware game. I mean, I do, but a lot of people Wait, call so, it an EA but, game. Okay, how does that differentiate itself from to, like the ones that I'm looking at right now? Inside Out, Coco. It doesn't. They're Story all Pixar 4. movies. Oh my gosh! But they're Disney. Disney has no creative effort at input on these movies. <laughs> they just put it in theaters and distribute them, just like the Marvel movies, just like. Star Wars movies. So the latest Pixar entry. I mean, according to a lot of people, Star Wars went downhill when Disney bought it. <laughs> so they have to have some creative yeah, input, and, don't they? <laughs> and to be fair, we like if we go by your your the way you go about it, then we can't say that you know Princess Leia and Thor are Disney princesses. So <laughs> who says Thor is a Disney princess? And what are these memes I've missed? I want to see. Let's these. just do it for everything. Not hand, Not let Disney grift on the quality of Pixar for the last twenty three years. You know. So what was the last Disney animation studio? Frozen movie? two. I love how we're disparaging Disney like they're just someone that bought something and they've never done something themselves. It's like Disney is still a great company for put out quality stuff. <laughs> Most of their stuff has been shit they bought, though, for the last 20 years. They're Did buying they buy the right Frozen? shit, though. No. Frozen? No, I'm saying that I said most. I, there's some exceptions. Well, I want to hear these exceptions. <laughs> um, that's a different podcast. So uh, the latest from Pixar is Soul, directed by Pete Docter, who is their head creative. And uh, I think at this point, it's easy to say their best director in their house and he also directed Inside Out, Up, and Monsters, Inc. And uh, we're going to launch into our categories by having everyone describe this movie in eight words or less. And I'm going to have John go first. My eight words or less is the theological ramifications of a hyper-focused, obsessive perspective. Ben. Man with unfulfilled dreams goes on spiritual journey. Lauren. Uh, appreciate the little things, but what's my purpose? Yeah, we'll just go with that. Your dreams don't matter. The movie. Um, <laughs> uh, so this is Soul. Uh, like I said. That reminds me. That reminds Sorry, Zach. No, I have to interject because that reminds me of a great quote from uh, Stephen Colbert's commencement speech from 2000. Doesn't matter what year, uh, does it? 
12 yeah in at northwestern where <laughs> where he he rambles on for a little bit as you kind of do to kind of just build a comedic vibe or whatever but he finally gets to the meat of it and he and he starts his like his actual message part with you have been told to follow your dreams but what if it's a stupid dream? <laughs> and it's just one of the most brilliant <laughs> moments. Um, he delivers it so well. But he goes from that comedic bit into a very uh, into a very thoughtful like perspective and uh, meditation on like how do how does our views and how do our undeveloped like views on what we think we're passionate about and what we're supposed to do actually limit us from doing stuff that's really meaningful? I would say that's very relevant. Uh, a rare um, ramble from John that remains in the podcast. Burn. Whoa. Read between the, the lines. Stars. Jamie Foxx, Tina Fey, Questlove, credited as his full name, Amir Khalib Thompson, uh, Felicia Rasad, David Diggs. I feel like I'm missing... Graham Morgan? Wasn't he... Sent- well, there, there's a bunch of other people, but the... Alice Braga. Uh, no, who was the... The woman who played the Angela Bassett. Yeah. And then I guess that was, well, not all the human. And then there was a, a multitude of comedians playing the role of um, the... Jerry. What Jerry? What did they call the after afterlife? Was there a specific all-encompassing name? I guess it was the before something. And then the... Uh, we'll get into that. Um, but yeah. So um, the elevator pitch is an aspiring, a long aspiring jazz pianist who has been teaching children for a number of years as his side gig, gets a chance to break it big and kind of, does he technically die? No, he was in no, a coma. No, because like he's able to. He's in a coma, I guess. Yeah. So, uh, and then we watch him as he interacts with a number of souls in the afterworld thing um that actually brings up a really big question though so does this whole count thing go off every time someone's in a coma does this happen every single time someone's in a coma (laughs) i mean it must it also happens every single time someone's in the zone apparently yeah but they don't get added to the count coma do did yeah terry's got some uh terry's got some some things to, to work on though i guess the terry terry didn't get worried about the count until is it joe sorry yeah joe yeah. is off the conveyor belt is that accurate did anybody remember mm-hmm. okay so maybe that's the trick but yeah. um yeah so that's the elevator pitch general thoughts i can start i am a huge admirer of pixar uh their run in the disney pixar just kidding. <laughs> their run in the uh their run from the incredibles ratitude the i guess i mean their early run from monsters inc through uh toy story 3 um outside the cars movie which i do really enjoy but is nowhere near on the level of the other movies that came out during that range were like my favorite people making movies and while i'm not as high the studio hasn't blown me i mean it inside out and coco have been um the two great movies released after that i would say but uh if i had three tiers i have five tiers of pixar and this is in disney pixar uh three (laughs) at the moment every single time (laughs) so it's it's very good better than most movies that come out in a given year Wait, you said it was in tier three yes a five so it's very middle of the road pixar for me for me do you have a letterbox list for your pixar films yes i do look at this but middle middle of the road disney pixar is is still great 
Mm-hmm. Are you are you now now you're just are you really trying to piss me off with <laughs> It's Pixar. But well, I mean that's the thing. I think Pixar has had such a lauded career. career. Oh, that sounds weird to say for a studio, but just like they've done such great work. Yeah, like Tier 3 Pixar is freaking fantastic. Did you find the list, Lauren? I'd probably put this in if I had the 5 tiers of Pixar, this would be in uh, tier, probably tier four. Not not the all time best of. Wait, is tier five the highest other... for you? Yes. Okay, I would go. Tier oh, I was gonna one say, are we switching up the tiers? Yeah. yeah, excuse me. Yeah. Yes. So it'd be so tier two be tier if we're two. all in the yeah. proper tier scaling. Uh, tier two. Though I guess Ben would be tier. correct, right? If you're going, if you're building the house up towards the high, like tier one would be ground level. Tier yeah. Two. Yeah, so. Yeah, thank you. You put Toy Story 4 over. Oh, never mind. Okay, sorry. Toy Story 4 is fucking incredible. It's Not great. Incredible. I thought he put it above Toy Story 3 for a second. I was it's like, better than Toy Story, Story 2. I think that one's my favorite. Toy Story 4 is the best Toy Story, in my opinion. We can discuss Pixar <laughs> rankings later. General thoughts Toy Story 4 about is great. Soul. Underrated. General Toy Story 3 is clearly the about best. Soul. Soul for me, actually, Soul might be in the top, bottom, I don't know. Yes, it would be top tier of <laughs> or just, but it's like at the bottom of that top tier, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Like, it's probably in my top, I don't know, four or five It's it's, it's my top of the tier that it's in for me. For you? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Like, I mean, I would put, I don't know. No, it's probably, so I've got, I'd, I'd put Inside Out is the top, obviously. We're going to talk ranking, we'll rank later. Okay. I think another thing I'll say, it's very Pixar formula, but it's mm-hmm. re- done really well. Thanks to It's not as, it's not as, <laughs> there's not as, there's not really a breakthrough in this movie, like, that it makes it stand out. I think Inside Out being Pete Doctor's last movie, too, like, they are quite different, but at the same time. Yeah. Like, it's like, there, there was a high bar set. But I mean, but I mean, the idea that they're creating, they're anthropomorphizing, like, feelings and emotions mm-hmm. and. Mm-hmm. interiority feels a little familiar so i think that takes away from it just a tad but i mean it took a little bit away from it for me because i just watched onward before this and i feel like they mm. have very similar messages about appreciating what you have yeah but yeah yeah that's true very true um but i think like those but i think it's the me- those messages are like in that broad sense yes they're the same but i think they are they do have different yeah. yeah, one's about peep the people in front of you. One's mm-hmm. about like your experience of yeah. life. Or just whatever, like you know? literally enjoy, you know, mm-hmm. love what you do, do what you love. Kind of that little the cut to like when they go through the hall of his life memories, and it's just like him sitting. Oh. <laughs> it was so fucking sad and pathetic. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, John. Yeah, I think, and not to spoil our previous entry, which is Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four, but I think these two films actually have very similar messages that talk about like what happens when some aspect of your life that gives you joy and gives you pleasure that is deeply meaningful becomes the thing that dictates your entire life and prevents you from enjoying life especially not just in the the like the individual things or the the ho-hum things that maybe seem just kind of normal but especially the relationships that you miss and maybe prevent you from really exploring how to like deepen those relationships or like 
um, invest in those relationships a lot. And I think this film did it. It was appropriate that both films that came out on Christmas kind of explored that. This film did it much better. This film was super quick. Like, there were times where I was just like, this movie's, like, progressing really fast. And I was looking for kind of the the typical uh, <laughs> kind of turns. Um, that <laughs> would... just shaking his head here. <laughs> <laughs> that like you get you get familiar but they do they revisit like every release and they work really well every pixar release yeah okay. you know i'll have the last laugh when disney he edits out bleeped out of yeah. every single time you say it <laughs> you better not edit it out there i just think bleep it, okay <laughs> it's years until this episode comes yeah. out because zach I is think just editing we'll have frantically. the last laugh because we'll have forced you to edit that much <laughs> shit out of an episode it's not like one long john ramble it's like you have to listen to the entire thing multiple times and just pick out each one. Yeah, Zach, you you can't, you can't just like look at the soundtrack and be like, "Oh, John's talking for a long time." Intro music, <laughs> like, no, no, no. You get you got to work for this one, bud. That being said, I it it went very qu- yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's yeah. part of me wants to put it top tier just because it's standalone. Pixar. Yeah, top tier <laughs> Pixar because. It's standalone, and I, I have a little bit more respect for the standalone uh, Pixar films than I do the franchise <laughs> Pixar films. And so part of me wants to, part of me wants to put a top tier for that, but like, like Ben says, like, it might be, it's great, it's fantastic, but the emotional moments were deep, like, I mean, again, I, I cried and I, I felt like the weight of like what they were trying to say, definitely, but they weren't as oomph as like, say... Coco, or I, it's been a long time since I've seen Inside Out, but I, I I think I remember Inside Out, or even Toy Story three, which is a franchise Pixar film, but whew, like one of their best Pixar films that they ever released. I'm sure all so, three of you definitely appreciate being told that your job in life is not meaningful for a lot of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I think well, hey hey no, he was not appreciating. What That's what I'm saying, of? but we don't find out the actual meaning of this film until late. <laughs> I just, I, I didn't read it as his job wasn't important. He didn't view it as important. I mean, that's just like, I know this guy it was, was just depressed. a random joke. And he that was missing. Clearly, <laughs> did not work. <laughs> if anything, Lauren, you would probably understand more if you entered the field. As I mean, well. I followed my passion, uh-huh. and we know that's what this movie is about. <laughs> well, and I, I do think like there's. I, it was interesting because I watched a, a brief like thing on Twitter, a lecture of, I don't know, some guy at some business school who talked about like how he's essentially he gets very frustrated whenever a millionaire tells people like college students to follow their passions because n- like none of them follow their passions. And the only reason they're millionaires is because like they found something that they were good mm-hmm. at and they made it their passion. And I think there's like a middle ground where you don't have to be so utilitarian. But then he also says at some point, like, do your passions like on the weekend? Which is like, uh, I don't know if I like, I don't know if I'm that utilitarian. Passions and like, cheat days only the weekends. <laughs> Um, yeah, exactly. But the, um, the movie isn't saying you shouldn't have passion. The movie, passion. That, no, the yeah. movie no, is saying sure. you should not lose the things on the side. Yeah. Joe never had a meaningful relationship in his life outside with his parents, and he neglected the well, one. Not he even had. with his parents. But, but like, I mean, but he neglected yeah. them once he became an adult. It sounds like you know, once he no, was, he like, was not a kid anymore. He was around his mom all the time. Th- that's he true. Just did, but he, he didn't. His problem was that he didn't appreciate the helicopter leaves that fall off of trees. <laughs> <laughs> 
But there, no, there is there is some stuntedness in like he wasn't able to actually have a meaningful relationship post. The, I imagine the passing of his father, mm. in which he was able to talk about what his passion meant to him, to his to his family, to his mother. Partly because I think he was obsessed with it so much, he was he was clinging onto it. He felt like he had to protect it almost from her, as opposed to share it with her. And it took some desperate situation to finally. I, mean, bring I didn't to think that this movie was anything to do with not appreciating the people around you, because like he had very I, wonderful yeah. relationships oh, with his students. I think it was more, uh. it was more, he, he didn't know, like, I mean, it was just the whole thing. It, it's, it's not saying don't chase your passions, don't have passions. It's just saying appreciate everything mm-hmm. that just appreciate everything. That's what, I, like, I don't know. I think, and big to small, to I keep spiraling this podcast with random joke comments I've made. <laughs> no, you're fine. I, well, I think there's a, there's a scene in the barbershop that's, that's extremely good. That mm-hmm. is one of the best scenes I think in any Pixar, Pixar film, mm-hmm. yeah. and which gets across I think that message where that if you let your passion overshadow your connections with other people, then it starts to be it starts to actually have a toxic effect on your life. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, I appreciate it for that. It was just it was so quick, which was weird. I but I the the animation is gorgeous. Like I I think. The mixing of some like two D elements with three mm-hmm. D, but then also yeah. like the the Joe's stylistic character design but hype, is amazing. The, yeah, the style, the stylistic, but also realism that they kind of blend with it. That I I read that they actually animated John Batiste's hands playing the piano for this film, That's and awesome. kind of like drew inspiration from that as well. And I thought that was incredible. There's a like the animation's great. The soundtrack is awesome. It's it's weird that it's jazz, which obviously so John Baptiste has a great influence on. But it's Trent Reznor and Atticus Finch again, where it's well, just I mean, like the like, soundtrack okay, is, is very there's different. Nothing sounds. these guys can do. Atticus Ross, like some of, some of Ross, it's jazz, and I'm not a jazz person, but I loved all the like sci-fi like soundtrack elements. So That's Atticus weird. Ross and Trent Reznor, of, yeah. Did the score when they're in that the beyond yeah. other? And yeah, then I love all the beyond music. John Baptiste, is it? Are we saying his name right? Jean Baptiste, I think. Yeah, he does everything in the real world. Mm. And I think, like for me, it's it. This is my favorite soundtrack to any Pixar film. Mm. Yeah. Like it, Re- I, it's me, referencing it's just... Letterbox banter between Ben and I again. This is Michael <laughs> Giacano Erasure. <laughs> but hey, man. I, I think his soundtracks are great, too. I'm so fucking stoked to hear what he has for us in the Batman. That doesn't mean, like, this wasn't better. Like, this was a fucking incredible soundtrack. I I just... Ugh. I would say... Wait, are you drawn to guy. the soundtrack? Okay, but that is that is it a soundtrack? Or is you just enjoying jazz music? No, the jazz music it's, was the weakness for me. I loved all this, like, the well, I know, Lauren. Like, the, I think it's... Uh, yeah. to, me, it's to me, it's both. Like, it's... It's just so, like, it, it works. Like, it sells the emotion. And I'm not good at describing music at all. But to me, it, it's it's the most impactful and the most, like... Like, this is one of the first soundtracks for, for a Pixar film. Where I'm like, ooh, I want to go back and like just yeah. listen to that on Spotify. I can agree with that for all Pixar films. Michael Chicano yeah. did your favorite Except for, uh, Pixar movie. if we go for... If we go for best Disney Pixar score, period, not not score, but like particular track, it's the theme to The Incredibles is 
perfection. You Michael will never be. No, one's, no one is ever going to top that. No, that theme from Up, dude. People turn that oh, on and they oh, start crying. Also, Michael Gicano. Ben, who scored your favorite Pixar movie? Michael Gicano. I know he did. <laughs> I'm not saying like I'm not saying he's not a good composer. He's one of the best. I'm just saying uh, it just needs to be said that movie. he is the best out here. I appreciate this score. The music in this movie is fantastic, though. You're, you're no one's going to disagree. And with so you I've right. gone on for a long time, and I need to give it to someone else. But the last thing I'll say is one of the things my dad noticed after watching is that the the representation aspect was mm-hmm. huge. But there's also like maybe some un- like some things to like investigate that could also be kind of problematic. Which does I understand this count as now. blackface? Like, no, just some people well, are. Like, well, like, I mean, that's a, that's a, a conversation. That's a legit Ooh, conversation. Souls don't have races. Having, I don't think it was just a joke. But I don't know. But I, no, but that's Tina something Fey the was... internet is talking about. Oh, really? That is a okay. big reason why I added the section. The internet says. Gotcha, gotcha. But that that particular soul had never. We'll like... get into it. We can talk about it later. Okay. I think it's worth discussing. It's interesting. Yeah. No one's losing their shit about it. That's the, is this rape for this movie? (laughs) (laughs) Going off of Wonder Woman 1984. Lauren, did you give a general thoughts on the movie? I would say for Pixar films, this is definitely, I I don't know. It's up there. I really enjoyed it. It's my favorite of the two of the year for Pixar. Mm -hmm. It's like top five of all movies for the year for me. Granted, I've only seen 39 currently. But like so much of this movie, I I think I will appreciate it honestly more a second time because so much of the movie had me spiraling just on the fact that if I was one of these souls, I would have never gotten my badge to come to earth because I don't have a passion to follow. And like, <laughs> I was just so upset watching this movie because I was like, well, shit, my life sucks. And then you start to learn later. It's like, oh, no, I did. I do appreciate the helicopter seats. It's okay. But it's like, so I don't know. Like, it was weird for me to gr- grapple with stuff. It was like when I first watched Booksmart. Those movies make me grapple with things that I did not expect to grapple with the night I watched those movies. But um, overall, I still really enjoyed it. I loved all the soul stuff. Like, honestly, a lot of the second half stuff when they're on Earth doesn't actually work as well for me. Like, I loved all the stuff more when they were just the souls. But, like, overall, the movie still I works the very opposite, well. I the opposite, I would yeah. say. I, the movie really clicked for me when they... When mm-hmm. they See, it didn't the... for me. But I like... agree. And I didn't expect it either. And so when that happened, I was like, oh, this is an interesting twist. Yeah, yeah I had... I Props had to only the marketing watched, department like, the... for keeping that hidden. Yeah, yeah, I had only watched the first so teaser, we not so all I, like, I figured... Yeah, yeah, we'll figure it out. <laughs> I figured it was only going to be in the spirit mm-hmm. world until mm-hmm. like, maybe the last scene yeah. again. Yeah. Okay, star ratings, four. 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 Hey, look at that. All uh. four, okay. John coming in clutch with this audio podcast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, spoilers for... Fuck you! Fuck yes. You <laughs> oh my god, he screwed up. No, no, no. He screwed Zach, up so Disney bad, Pixar's. his video froze for me. John, <laughs> John are you recording? No, I'm not. I god damn it, John! You had one job, <laughs> guys. Ah, I'm so disappointed. From it was amazing. Here on out, Zach, this, Zach, this has to stay in. Pixar's soul. I did not realize how long the spoiler like clip that you put into episodes is. So spoilers. So spoilers. With that, we're going to get into spoilers. 
So spoilers? Sure. Spoilers. 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 All the spoilers. Spoilers. Yeah. This might be the best day of the year for me. <laughs> well, it might be the what? Best can, day of the year for me. Can I go back to me. my time capsule? This is my favorite moment. Yes, I'm putting this in the time capsule. <laughs> performance prize, where we give either the Ooh. best or worst performance in the movie. I do not think there is a worst performance candidate. Mm-hmm. So I think we will be arguing for best. And... Oh, I don't God, know. I, I think shoes. maybe Rachel House as Terry. Is she the winner? Mm-hmm. Um, Which, no. She was really was she good. The main and Terry? I had to look her up because I had no idea what she was in before. But... Uh, Hunt for the Wilder I... People was her biggest movie. And then Taika brought her. She's been in a bunch of Taika Waititi's movies. A few of them, I should say. Not. Oh, movie. was she Was she the helper uh, of the Game Master? Yes. And yes. That's awesome. Oh, nice. That's so oh, cool. really? No, you I was sh- trying to picture. Have, have none of you seen, seen Hunt for the Wilder People? Have yet, we so? been? Wait, I've seen. I started it a while ago, but I never oh. actually. I like it. So good. It's not. I think it's overrated, but it's good. Oh, that's a terrible take. I don't know if I could give it to one of the le- like. Um, I don't know. That what is there? I think Jamie Foxx is like fine. I think Tina Fey is good. I really like Tina Fey. I think they're both incredible. I don't know who I. But I, I don't I, think they're like nobody is like putting themselves out there to be like a bit. No one. There's not a really a showy standout performance in this one, which isn't a bad mm-mm. thing. It's just kind of part, the way it it is. I might give it to um. I'm dropping his name. Uh, Grant Graham. No, Graham Norton. Yes, yes. I might give it to him just uh because we are we spoilers yet? Yes. Just the bit where it's like, look over there, Terry. Like that. That might be. <laughs> That might be my favorite delivery of anything in this movie, unless unless we know who played Abraham Lincoln. Uh, that <laughs> that well, uh, I, that could also be. It was interesting though because I definitely think this this film relied on cutaway humor a lot more so than any Pixar film I I can recall. But that moment that you mentioned, uh, Ben, the cutaway to. Uh, distracting terry was great i also liked the nicks joke um, <laughs> yeah <laughs> hey check this out there's this one basketball team i've been messing with constantly yeah you know it's bad where it's like the people in this group who don't follow basketball at all even got that joke it's like oh no yeah. poor nicks <laughs> that was great mm-hmm. unless can we count whoever was the cat just that <laughs> that might be my favorite performance in this movie. I guess we're we're kind of a, a boogie nights. Everybody I'll give the did best a good performance job. to the Pixar <laughs> animators. Um. <laughs> um. Okay. No performance prize. Not it's a, it's a test. It's a testament to the casting of Pixar <laughs> films. These these employees at Pixar who went out and found these mm-hmm. incredible actors. These incredible voices to lend to this pixar mm-hmm. film and i mean props to pixar for finding pete doctor and really giving him a chance because i think he's really elevated what pixar has been doing these past few years and i think i don't i don't think pixar would be what it was without him you're right you're right john um i also i want to say that um oh i shared it in the thing in the podcast thing hold on there's a very cute discussion of of the inspiration for this, where Pete Doctor says in like the in finding the inspiration for this Pixar film. I've always loved animation. I felt that someday once I had made it, everything would fall into place and I would feel satisfied and complete. 
I directed several films at, he says Pixar, we all know it's Pixar, but didn't feel any different. I started to wonder, is living out your dreams really the key to a fulfilled life? Directing Soul, we asked ourselves that very same question, and that's what led us to create Joe Gardner, a struggling jazz musician. And I thought the fact that that being like a direct thing from the director himself, like something that was very personal and relevant, I thought that was very cool to use as inspiration for this film. Let's talk about that ending. I don't know if there's a lot to talk about the ending. I think it's very well done. That was That's where it dropped from four and a half to four for me what about it like i don't really understand where 22 went to 22 go into a new body she's like, somewhere in china and why would <laughs> they are oh, they joking. sorry okay. they are in china why and why wouldn't um why wouldn't joe have been able to go back without the world thing like wasn't he part of like he could just exit the zone like the sign twirler yeah, yeah. i was confused like by it that. just yeah it just it, it wasn't like it didn't ruin it. I mean, it still had this emotional resonance, of course. Like I cried a little bit, but um. But didn't he? Br- just, didn't he have to bring the Earth back to? He gets the Earth path. Yeah. He jumps he down. He does the show. He goes home. Then he then he plays he and goes zone. into the. the I guess zone. regardless of how you get to that area, you still need the pass to leave. No matter, I the guess. Means. I just I feel like that could have explained been explained a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I just explained it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but the movie should have explained it. Is what I'm saying. Um, but uh, again, it's like it's not like a huge like flaw that ruins it. It's just like it dropped it from four and a half to four for me. I think I was still just but overall, debating whether or not he should have gone back to live or not. <laughs> yeah. I think that that's just think, too much of a downer. In it yeah, probably. For, yeah. For, for a well, Pixar I was. Movie. I had heard somewhere they had some. They had some endings where he didn't go. Oh, back. I'm sure they. Yeah, the way it's their like, story sounds, groups yeah, work, I guarantee like, you, they floated the idea. But uh, yeah, but that's like that's like the beginning of Pixar movies, not the ending. They didn't try to do some big happy wrap mm-hmm. up. You know, it's just he walked out or and he started another day no. in his life. You know, I, which I thought was good. Yeah, it's done. Extremely Random well. tangent. I mm-hmm. would love to hear the opinions of children who watch this movie because I think of all the Disney Pixar films, this is the most adult, not for kids Pixar Pixar films. No, I definitely agree, and I think I, I think it works I'll for ask kids them in though because like weeks. they're okay. they don't. I mean, they probably can't go into the lesson in detail as much as you know we can, but I think they they get the point that it's just like it's important to live and explore and see everything around you just kind of experience it all it's all worth seeing yeah i think i just feel like it definitely resonates more with adults that's for sure yes that for sure kids also have the mindset uh, they don't need this be told this kids are interested in everything and everything it's parents that destroy a child's it's (laughs) grown-ups destroy children's curiosity and tell them to focus on this Uh, it's one of my it's 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 my favorite line but also it's the you can't crush a soul here. That's what life on Earth is for. Yeah. Kids haven't reached yeah, that point yet. Yeah. I will say, I think, so I heard from a couple of people online that, like, kids didn't, like, necessarily, like, understand it and maybe got bored. I also heard from a friend that their kids had nightmares because Oof. of it, which I thought was very, was unfortunate. As with the lost souls moment. Yeah. I mean, that was, that could be pretty, yeah. pretty scary. I could see that. And, like, the way they were talking was really kind of freaky those are called bulldozer parents and they need a shock of reality to to, to throw some uh, fear into their kids lives yeah make them watch (laughs) good for them (laughs) 
well, well we some shock, not some like trauma. Mm-hmm. Okay, Lauren. What are you talking about? I fully recovered from that experience right now. <laughs> <laughs> Logs on to Tumblr. Um, but <laughs> um, a but checks the ET watch Twitter. A but why? Uh, I don't think there's any but whys really in this. I think it. I mean, I so again to re, to go back to the representation question. I guess there's a legitimate. Well, I guess this goes into the other thing. So never mind. But why did they have to show the cat soul on the conveyor belt? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's the best shot. In it the is movie. not. It's hilarious. <laughs> I was already emotionally just so upset, and then the cat happens. <laughs> I saw there's um like. Pixar has like a couple of the Funkos, and one of them is the cat soul. Uh-huh. And I was like, Ooh, I might, I might get that. That's so cute. <laughs> Again, and it's like you don't even see it very long, and it's like that's how. Oh my god, John, we can oh. talk about what you want to talk about now. That's fine. I guess so. The question, the question is, how is it that? Why is it that it had to be uh, demonstrably like even if the soul is a racial and you like a specific and you're not supposed to know it's Tina Fey and everyone knows it's Tina Fey. And so there's an idea of, but that, that, that has nothing to do with the character of 22 though. 22 is this, no, it, no, is a personality. Oh, no, it, it, I, no, for sure. But it, the effect and the impact can still be prominent and can still be prominently felt. I should say mm-hmm. is the argument that's being made that, we have a black person losing their agency in a movie at the behest of a white person occupying not just their space, but their body now. And now it's also up to the black person to kind of be but like it's also, the magical savior. I would them. think, no, there's there's no black magical savior in this movie. Like, it, and and if, if 20... You could argue that the second time on Earth, that's kind of how Joe's, uh, Joe's character is acting. His... Because he's in a cat, he's being he's guiding her from a cat, which no one else can like understand or see or whatever. I would well, say that's a, black a stretch. magical savior. Then would he? Because he's a cat. <laughs> <laughs> but he's oh my! Listen to yourselves. You're saying he's a cat when he's not supposed to be a cat. Uh, I would say that's a stretch. Uh, I mean, I can see how someone gets there, but you have to. That's not what the movie's saying at all. Like the cat isn't solving. His own problem. He's not solving. Either way, he's solving his own problems. It's an interior. It's, yeah. it's interiority. He's he's, he's in charge yeah. of himself. He's he's yeah, he's thinking like no, twenty no, no, twenty two no, is causing issues. He's he's solving twenty two's so. problems. But he and isn't though. She was solving her own problems. Yeah, she got to experience uh, the was, world. He didn't solve it for her. At the at the behest of her. At the behest. He of was him. constantly trying him. to change her view on what she was discovering. Yeah, she, she he was another bad mentor. Yeah. <laughs> His realization goes in the face of what you're talking about cuz like he just he realizes that oh, regular old living is worth it. Like that was like and he didn't teach her that. She learned that and taught it to him or they taught it to him. So does does she count as the <laughs> magical black savior if she's the black man teaching him a lesson? <laughs> I'm so confused, you guys. <laughs> I think the, a lot of these people's complaints would also hold up a lot more if, like, Tina Fey, like, was doing some sort of racial effect to, to her performance. As But there, there's none of that either. Like, she's just being herself. Yeah. No, for the sure. Only, and... The only voice you ever hear is hers mm-hmm. or 
Jamie oh, that, Fox there's is, that. Uh, like, there's the amazing like piece of filmmaking in the movie when he's giving his speech to his mom, and it curves around another movie where we pan around that was and we get yeah. and it switches voices to hear his voice. I need he's to trying watch to get that scene again because I got super confused by that. I think I got distracted or something, or maybe I was just <laughs> thought spiraling some more. Because when he started talking, it's like, wait, no. That's not him saying that. How does this work? <laughs> hot take theater. Anybody got any hot takes um, about this? Pizza movie? Rat is the best rat of any <laughs> Pixar film. That, oh my gosh, that is a fucking hot agree. take, and it's fucking bullshit. I second Lawrence. Remy take. for life. <laughs> you got Remy's overrated. Jesus Christ! You know my wife would fucking smack you right now if she was in. <laughs> Remy, Remy, and his whole movie are overrated, except for the food critic. He's cool. Is this really a? This is a belief you have, Ben? Yes. I thought that movie. Why? I thought Ratatouille was think, also super overrated, but I need to give it a second chance. What, what, also, also who is overrated? It Coco has been widely underrated. Cons- underrated since the day it came out. It was. Con- it, it, I guess it it's maybe just you that I always hear yeah. talking about it. <laughs> I feel like I've only quick. heard really good things about it though from people. Well, because it's a great yeah. movie. <laughs> it's a DC. Yeah. What what tier oh, of sorry. Pixar is it? It is a uh, top tier for <laughs> me. Pixar. Yeah, same for me too. It's bottom tier for me. It, on Letterboxd, it's ab- for average rating, it is seven. Mm. Um, Soul is currently sitting at three. What is the average rating for Ratatouille, though? Uh, let me click on it. I bet it's above four. Four point one. Yeah, so that's not underrated at all. Yeah, it's overrated. <laughs> three and a half, if we're feeling generous. Four point two is where Soul is sitting. Mm. What's Coco sitting at? I'm yeah, what's second and second. first? Coco second. Toy What's Story first? is at first. Coco oh. second. The first Toy the Story. The first Toy Story. Oh, that is nostalgia goggles all yeah. the way. I don't think it's nostalgia when it's like a movie that every child w- or every person watches and loves that movie when as they- a child. <laughs> so yeah, nostalgia goggles. Yeah. Is it a bunch of like did a bunch of eight year olds twenty years ago rated on Letterboxd? Thirty two percent of the people rated it five stars on Letterboxd. Um Primity. Woody is a garbage character and I hate him. <laughs> this is not a Toy Story podcast. Um save that hot take for uh some flashback somehow or genre rama. Okay. Repeat after me, most memorable line. Oh shoot! I don't even know. Again, I don't know if first. I have a line off the top of my head, but uh, um, the Nick's is, the Nick's thing was pretty good. Mine is still uh, it's the the cat meowing, and you can't crush a soul here. That's what life on mm-hmm. Earth is for. It's just, yeah, yeah. There's like I feel like there's a bunch of profound ones that weren't like catchy lines. You could say like I feel mm-hmm. like my favorite offhand random line was when she's like, "I'm gonna make you wish you never died." <laughs> <I> think, <laughs> Yeah, most it's like most of these people have wished. That. Yeah, but it's like I like the line where we meet Jerry and she's just or she says, "I am the coming together of all quantized fields of the universe, appearing in the form that your feeble human brain can comprehend." You can call me Jerry. <laughs> and I also one of I think my favorite I forgot the um, saxophone player. What's her name? Was she Dor? Who was that? Angela Bassett's character? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Trickia. The thing she says where I heard this story about a fish. He swims up to this older fish and says, I'm trying to find this thing they call the ocean. The ocean, says the older fish. That or that's what you're in right now. This, said the younger fish. This is water. What I want is the ocean. And that was really nice. <laughs> yeah, really and again, a very a very well 
delivered mm-hmm. like quotable line that summarizes the message of this meet of, yeah. the, of the movie i don't remember exactly what it was but joe's last line where uh jerry's like what are you gonna do now he's like i don't know but i'm gonna i'm gonna live every second of it or something like I'm that gonna live that every, was... yeah i'm not sure but i do know i'm gonna live mm-hmm. every minute of it yeah that was that was a really good like closing line and that again that Terry, what's that over there? And then he just like moves the abacus. What were you still were you talking? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, another great cutaway gag. Terry's like, uh, Terry, time. I'd like to thank you all for this reward that I've requested. <laughs> oh my god! I lo- yeah. There are little bits also like when one of the Jerry was doing the quiet coyote. I was like, oh, <laughs> that, man, was that, that was good. That was good. I've done that with my students. That was awesome. Yeah. Is that, is um, that what it's actually called? Is that a thing? Yeah. yeah. Quiet coyote. Oh, well, when we were in elementary school, we always, for some reason they did like the peace sign and that was the sign to be quiet. We didn't have quiet coyote. Yeah. I never heard of quiet coyote till I came to California. Mm. Oh, the, uh, the other one I loved was, uh, when Terry freaked out Joe's nemesis. When I say that, you know, nemesis, at the barbershop where it's like, seriously, lay off the processed foods. That was his nemesis? I mean, he was giving him shit the whole time. Oh, no. I just like, thought it was a random that's... guy. I didn't. No, I no. Guess they I were supposed to. They talked about it. They, it was a kind of a, a brief cutaway kind of like he was li- like, a throwaway line. Yeah. Joe said something like, oh, he's, you know, ignore whatever. No, he says I'm saying I didn't like... for some reason. I know the guy at the barbershop. I know who we're talking about. I didn't realize the guy who fell in, like, who accidentally got snatched was the mm, same dude. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, no, it's yeah. him. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that, that, I think I was too scarred by it. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> well, there, there was a great moment where that, where it was just like, where he goes, don't pay Paul any mind. People like him just bring other people down so they can make themselves feel better. And, <laughs> yeah, that was um, and then Joe, or 22, as Joe, goes, oh, I get it. He's just criticizing me to cover up the pain of his mm-hmm. own failed dreams. And Paul goes, you cut deep, Joe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a couple other cutaway lines that I loved was, which I, I didn't like the cutaway humor so much in this, but it paid off a couple times. Mother Teresa, I have compassion for every soul, except you. I don't like you. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I could have done with I was I was kind of disappointed we didn't have to get to see inside the personality sorting like like the yeah. little rooms they go into to get yeah. assigned or whatever. What was the What was the one that was self absorbed or something? Yeah. It's like, do you think we should send that many no. through there? Yeah, well, no. What was the what the joke <laughs> where it's like this one's gonna be a handful or whatever? When it was like a sociopath or something. Oh, but... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they oh, listed all their them. things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, was it for was Marie Antoinette just a head? Yeah, she yes. Was. <laughs> okay, yeah. I was like, for, I was like, it caught me off guard. I was like, and I didn't go back. But plus, it, when you think about little... it, it's even funnier because like um, twenty two grew her own legs at one point to impersonate Joe. I think so. Like, could Mary Antoinette <laughs> or Marie Antoinette grow back legs in a body? <laughs> just do it. <laughs> twenty two. Twenty two had been there for ever, I guess, and I love. I love that too, where it's like they they show you the latest is like you know one hundred sixty quintillion whatever, and then twenty two. So it's like one of the very first <laughs> souls has just been fucking around here forever, which is great. That's that's just so much fun in this movie. Another one, twenty two in Joe's body. Like my mentor George Orwell used to say, state sponsored education is like the rattling of a stick inside a swill bucket. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Expert opinions. We don't need to reference John. Lauren has shared her opinions on the sad cat. 
So yeah. the cat does make it back to its uh, owner, which is great. Mm-hmm. E.T. references. I don't think they hit any in there. Ben, have you seen any memes in the last week for this movie? Oh, I've seen I've seen a couple of people responding to that. You can't crush a soul here. That's what life on Earth is for. You know, people are just like, yeah, man, I feel you. <laughs> Stuff like that. Let's see. Um, the Upgradables. Um, I will say, like, again, obviously, go see this movie. It's good. But so good. it is... I mean, I think it's handedly the my least favorite of Pete Doctor's four movies. Wait, which four did he do? Up, Monsters Inc., Inside Out. Oh, in Monsters this. Inc. is the one I always forget about. Um, I'd put Monster. Inc. This is it's an. This is probably yeah. This is my third out of those. Probably second or third for me. Up is last. That's all I know. Garbage take. <laughs> Wait, are you serious, Inside- Lauren? Yep. Why did I never know this? We uh, had a podcast episode about Up. You should know this. <laughs> yeah. I should, Inside yeah. Out is my top, then uh, Up, then Soul, then Monsters. I think, when's the last time I watched Monsters, Inc.? Oh, it's been it's, a while. Been every a time while. I watch Monsters, Inc., I'm like, man, it's a great movie. I, I mean, gave Up a four, not, so like, I don't even know why like I'm giving it so much garbage. Like two stars or anything. Like, I like it. Yeah. Um, uh, the, of his four movies, this one is the only one that I did not cry at. So, um. I don't think I, I cried, cried either. Actually, I didn't cry at Monsters. I didn't cry at Monsters Inc. How do you not cry at the end of Monsters Inc. Um, With the door, come on! Every time. Oh my god! But I cry like every time I watch the ending of Inside Out. It absolutely fucking destroys me. The opening of Up is. Oh, yeah. don't even want to go there. Overall, Pixar rankings. Where's this falling for people? Pixar rankings? Um, well, if you yeah, went through my letterbox list properly, it labels the company, so. Yeah, I, I, I gotta say, I think this is, it's tough because of of the Pixar films, I haven't seen Inside Out in a while. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen Finding Nemo in a while, but I know that one. Like, there's some, there's some, aban- not, uh, maybe abandonment isn't the right, but like. I think Finding Nemo is also overrated. <gasps> There's like some detachment stuff in that that kills me. Like it, it gets to a like a deep seated fear of mine. Mm-hmm. Finding Nemo is probably one of my favorites. Inside Out is like in oh, Bugs Life is. Like I need. I just need to go through like every single one of them and rewatch them, and then yeah. actually skip, rank it. You could skip the first cars. Yeah, I didn't like the first cars. I know for sure that's bottom. It's a good movie. They're it's all good. Should, uh, cars two is the only three, not movie I wouldn't call good is the Good Dinosaur. Ironically, I haven't seen that one because <gasps> I didn't want to cry. I think the Good Dinosaur is good. It's not the great dinosaur. It's three stars. It's it hit it's what the, it was aiming for. <laughs> the only p- thing that's average. The sequel, the sequel, the gooder dinosaur is going to be better. And then the goodest sure. dinosaur. In the last five years, Pixar has released four of their five worst movies by my count, which is not great. Okay, so Coco. No, Cars <laughs> three. F- <laughs> Finding Dory, Onward, and Good Dinosaur are all in my Dory is probably second to last group. for me. Or, yeah, Finding Dory. I feel weird saying I'd put, like... Because I feel like my bottom tier is just Cars. <laughs> like, by itself. Because all of the others are good or better. Finding like, Dory is just good. not. I never saw Finding Dory. Well, there you go. Yeah. But I also never saw the other Cars. But it's like... And then, oh, Ratatouille I, also down there. No. And, and I always forget that The Incredibles are <laughs> Pixar movies mm-hmm. for some reason. No. I think the ones jockeying for top spot for me are um, Finding Nemo, The Incredibles, and Wally. Ooh, Wally's. 
Oh, but then there's Coco. I need to watch Inside Out again. I was Inside Out. Yeah, so Inside good. Out, Ratatouille, Coco, and Toy Story Three are probably up there for me. Toy Story Four was so good. Toy Story Four was good, <laughs> and I, wanna, I like. I want to rewatch that. I don't know, but there was so much cool. Like there was like a really good resolution at the end of Toy Story Three, where Toy Story Four didn't need to exist. It does exist, and it did amazing things, and it was just like it oh. justifies its own existence. I mean, technically, it does, no movie sure. needs to exist. <laughs> I think you could argue the ending of Toy Story Three implied that Toy Story Four did not need to exist. Toy Story Four. I think the only Pixar movie I've cried at more than Toy Story Four is Inside Out. You mean Toy Story three? Like no, Toy Story four fucking destroyed me. But like with the with the bad guy, not being a bad guy, just wanted to. You have such a weird thing for bad guys uh, and villains. It's um. Well, she's not magic characters. (laughs) Well, that's the point. Yeah, she come like you realize like she's desperate and lonely and sad and fucking hits really hard. I'm like a blubbering mess when I go back to that. Every time. Yeah, don't say bad things and about the- Christina Hendricks. Villains should be villains a lot of the times. I don't understand why we're trying to redeem them all the time. Sometimes there's bad people in the world. What is the yeah, greater... Why would you make a toy white. evil? This isn't Star Wars. <laughs> Toys can Star be Wars good. redeems all of their all villains <laughs> except the Not Emperor well. Palpatine. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you, you, can, you can say they redeem the lineage, maybe. <laughs> Redeeming is a Kylo strong Ren, word because Boba it's not Fett, like ever. Darth Vader, Darth Maul, all I'm get sorry. redeemed Did in their stories. Did you just put Boba Fett in the same? Yeah, well, realm. a lot Boba of people. Boba Fett has put not him been there. redeemed. Boba Fett is still a bad guy. Darth he Vader is, has not been redeemed in the wide scope. Most people, most Darth people Vader looking at Darth Vader. Emperor. Yeah. And yeah. Do you know do you, how many people hey, are like, what happened in the previous time in those movies before he redeemed or before he? Yeah. Did that? Everyone, everyone's like, oh, he killed the emperor. I guess we should. Are we just? Him are we just going to erase like Kylo Ren? He didn't kill all those people. No, that was the the Knights of Ren. Just like Darth Vader, he didn't kill all those people. That was someone else. <laughs> the Knights <laughs> of the Knights of Vader. The Knights of Vader. No, we're to Infinity and Beyond, named after a Pixar film. Lasting Impact. I think this will have a long... I mean, I think all of Pete Doctor's films. But yeah. In- Inside yeah, once Out all the kids Soul. watch this, once they grow up and finally watch it yes. and understand what it's about. <laughs> no, I think you're exactly right. I think Inside Out and Soul are just going to be like... They're, they're beautiful and like can pull children in just mm-hmm. from their visuals. And then... They're going to watch they them as they get it. grown up and they're going to find deeper resonance. And uh, I, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm sure both of those movies, we haven't even begun to see the, the tale of how influential those movies are, are going to be on a, a to generation be fair, of kids. If any, any person who didn't cry at the death of <laughs> is just an awful human being and <laughs> should never like be allowed to watch movies. So I'm sure at least the kids will remember that. Yeah, I know it's that kid who is a sociopath, the soul. And went down, didn't cry it inside out. I also think this is another entry into <laughs> Pixar being more realistic with their, or more uh, prominent with their depictions of humans in their, like, I remember Toy Story 3 was kind of, like, a huge thing because it was just like, oh, shoot, we're, like, seeing the humans, like, more prominently in the story. Um, I mean, inside out. It, and inside and inside Coco out with, is for told, sure has a lot t- large number of human 
but that's what I'm saying. It's it's I mean, in these later years all that are that are less stylized. Say Coco is those all two. humans, <laughs> like Incredibles. Yeah, Incredibles ones. is all they're humans, but the Incredibles is like skeletons. super stylized. And yes. I think this is gonna this like just again the animation in this is great, and so it's like no, this animation company can do stuff with human characters and human figures. By, that's by really animation compelling. studio, you mean you mean Pixar? <laughs> Pixar, yes. Okay. I mean. The animation has gotten better through time, but That's they it, have yeah. a house style for their outside the Incredibles. They have a house style for what humans look like yeah. in the the Pixar I, universe. I don't know. I feel like Soul, like Joe, like a lot of the people in this look. Maybe like if you respected Ratatouille <laughs> and watched the movie more, you would realize that the, the the characters in Ratatouille look very similar to the characters in this movie. Like Could the, I watch it's a really good similar one style. They're they're they're, I, they're they're more beautifully animated and more textured but there, here, but but are there any great Pixar films with similar shapes? Inside shapes Out, like that? <laughs> it falls in the same house style for their human animation. Mm. I no, I would not say that. I don't know. I feel like if you just look at these movies at surface level and just like see the trailer, you're like, oh, that's a Pixar movie, because it. Yeah, I mean, you can always same look. Yeah, although some might be like, "Oh, is Frozen a Pixar?" They would not. That looks like a Disney animated studios house style for their human characters because they have a thing. But isn't Pixar Disney's animated studio? They animate. It's a studio for Disney. That when you all get your pink slips for being kicked off the podcast, you'll know why. <laughs> I mean, this is a volunteer thing. You don't fire people. For something. <laughs> I'll pink slip whoever the hell I want. <laughs> The internet says we kind of talked about that. Some people were like borderline a little grumpy that Tina Fey was voicing a black person, but I would say they were missing the whole point of the fucking scene. Yeah, she was also voicing a soul. Yeah, she was supposed to, yeah, an androgynous creation. Um, Would recommend. I think we've been talking a lot about the movie or fucking fucking (laughs) the Pixar movies. You didn't even say. Pixar that time you just well, said yeah, Disney. Well, yeah, because I know to catch myself before I sully the you name did it, by guys. comparing the two, put them, two of them together. Disney isn't even a bad white. Why all the animosity for Disney? <laughs> no, they just shouldn't get the credit for these movies. <laughs> I mean, the history that they've created there was a lot has of bad... led to this, so maybe they should get some credit. <laughs> would we be getting these movies had Disney not existed in the past? I would think yes. It's probably if someone else attached it to them. Mm. It'd be somebody else Pixar. Studio Ghibli Pixar. One last pitch. <laughs> I'll go back to... Yes! I'll go to bat Combine for the movie. the Titans! Soul is great. It's another great film from Pixar. It'll probably only get more, feel better, and grow in its estimation as you see it more times. Feel better? I don't yeah. know. I think I'm going to be very upset about not having a passion every single time I watch this movie. You have a passion. I do not have a spark. That's okay. But the whole point is you don't need a spark. Yeah, but I want one. <laughs> okay, Laura needs to watch this movie a few more times, it sounds like. <laughs> yeah. No, get I appreciate it, right? the helicopter leaves a little too much. I need something that I could just... Shut up, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe your spark is getting Zach to say... <laughs> yeah. Next week... But I can't monetize that. <laughs> <laughs> Next week, we will be launching our new year of podcasts um, that we'll be recording. Woo! And we are starting. So for 2021, we'll be flashing back again, which 
is if it's been a while since we've done that um it's we flash <laughs> we each pick um a few films from the 10 years prior right now we're we're estimating we might only do f- two each we each pick two from a year so it'd be eight flashbacks for each year from 2011 and 2001 and um our first film we're going to discuss is David Fincher's The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo from 2011. Uh, We're also going to be discussing Training Day from 2001. And The Skin I Live In also from 2011. And uh, yeah, until then, I'm Zach Oldenburg. You can find me wherever you can find at Zach Oldenburg. Find us at middleofrow.com. Rate and review the podcast. Apparently, it does stuff. I'm Ben Grigsby. You can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at the Grigsby Bear. And you can find all of us on Facebook at Middle of the Row. I'm Jonathan Rahul. You can follow me on Twitter at Another Rahul J. And you can also follow us on Twitter at Middle of Row. And I'm Lauren Heimbaugh. You can find me on Twitter at Beware of Trees, and you can find us on Tumblr at middleofrow.tumblr.com. Thanks for listening. Go watch David Fincher's The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. And remember, the best seats are in the middle of the road.